Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Perlick's secrets of WCW Nitro. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Two Out of Three Falls podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network, which you can find on SoundCloud, Apple, and Spotify. I'm joined by always Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report and fan-sided Data DDT. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself, brother? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Want to put this up. So again, YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcast. If you're a fan of video podcasts, audio as I mentioned, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple. And of course, you can follow both of us on Twitter at WrestleRant and Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. So, Graham, um, don't want to take up too much of your time. I think only a, a, quite a few things happened this week post-WrestleMania. Um, I think one of the big things that we were seeing as far as articles and stuff like that on social media is the fact that uh, CM Punk is out there promoting his new movie, a horror movie at that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, when you get a chance to interview CM Punk, you are going to talk about why he's there, but also bring up some wrestling questions and have a debate about is he going to come back for one more match, whatever, things of that nature. So I guess when that that conversation got brought up, that topic that got, that, that got brought up is the fact that I guess in paraphrasing is that if he was to ever come back, it would have to, you know, make sense, be the right money, the right situation, which I get. But then he also goes into how awful the, the, the TV is for the company, which which I tend to agree. And again, that's not on the performance. It's just really bad TV to watch on, on a weekly basis. That's mm-hmm. why someone like me, who's been a fan since day one, has a hard time in kind of getting that feeling of like, I need to watch this every week. There's no need for me to watch every week because nothing happens. Uh-huh. We just, we just saw a post, uh, raw, uh, uh, WrestleMania raw who back in the day used to be like, Hey man, I, I, I got to see raw at the WrestleMania uh-huh. and ain't shit happened last week. <laughs> so, and again, I know it's a COVID thing. They're indoors, no fans. I get that. But it's like, at some point in time, you got to give me some compelling TV for me to be invested, to have some emotional connection. I, th- I think that's why CM Punk mentioned that. So do you agree that, A, there is some awful TV going on within the company? And two, if he does come back, like what is what is the ideal situation for him to want to come back and get, and, and get involved? If you read the complete quote from the interview, mm-hmm. there is not a single lie in that transcript he is not he is not off when he says that one the television that he's currently watching is not good with wwe mm-hmm. but the thing is, is that he isn't watching and which i'll get to him in a second but what he says when he was like oh it's awful blah 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 but not just that like that's subjective like if you have you know uh, i was gonna say like your typical fan named mark but that's too ironic but like 
you know, your, your friend named Joe, okay, who watches the show. I know your brother's name is Joe. But, like, you know, he, he watches the show and he loves Raw. Not sure how many positives you can find from the show. We discuss this shit all the time, dude. I try to be among the few optimistic people when it comes to these shows. I will nitpick shit because I can't just praise everything when it right. comes to wrestling. But I try to look at the positives. I watch everything. I would be lying to you if I said I didn't enjoy these shows. I enjoy watching Raw. I enjoy watching SmackDown. I enjoy watching Dynamite. I enjoy all these shows. I want to see them do better, though. Raw is a very... It's it's not like, oh, man, it's Raw. Like For me, it's not that. Because I will always watch these shows no matter what. That's how passionate I am about this shit. Mm-hmm. But I want to see it do better because it's like it's frustrating. It's like, why aren't they doing this with this person? Or why aren't they doing that? Or why is this so... Why is this just not good? Why is this objectively not good? So when he calls it bad, that's entirely his opinion. He's not wrong there. What I think he is completely spot on about, even more than that, is when he says that if he came back, he would just be another guy, which is absolutely fucking correct. Absolutely correct. I mean, we've seen a couple of returns in the last couple of years. Edge, to me, doesn't feel like just another guy. Um he's they've done mostly right by him i know he wasn't on smackdown last week but he was just in the main event of mania his promos are great roman Mm -hmm. does not feel like just another guy but how many people can you really say that about though brock whenever he's around he hasn't been around in a year that's because he's never really around at all um before this last year how many people can you really say that about though that feel special that feel like an attraction that you're excited to say maybe about like three to five guys maybe today today I'm talking about today. Mm, like wow. for you, Randy, I know, like, again, you don't watch all the shows, you don't want to, you feel detached from it, which again, I don't blame you whatsoever. Is there a guy that you say to yourself, oh, I got to turn into raw tonight to see this guy or tune into SmackDown, maybe Roman with the tribal chief shit to an extent edge. I'm not saying that's again, that's not a performer's fault. That's not their issue, which you've said, you know, I completely mm-hmm. agree with you. It's because entirely because of the booking, it's not great. Like, it obviously could be worse. Like, we have a McIntyre-Bobby Lashley feud right now, which I like. Bobby Lashley feels somewhat special because they booked him amazingly well. Drew's been the guy for the last year. At least they're fresh faces. Like, at least it's not five, six years ago. We're going to talk about the Daniel Bryan stuff in another video. But during Mm -hmm. the time of the authority, Triple H was on the fucking show every single week. Randy Orton was on the show every fucking week. John Cena, the big show. These are people that have been around for 20 years. Why are they still at the top of the card? We have fresh faces right now, but the storylines that are going along with these people, like it's important to accentuate the positives because there are Mm -hmm. some good things going on in WWE right now, but the booking and the storylines themselves for the most part, specifically on Raw, are not very good. And he is absolutely right that if he came back, A, to do what? I mean, you can do really anything with him. You can make a feed with him and Roman work. But when that's over, what what the fuck do you do? Like, I mean, you can make something work if you know what you're doing. But would he be wrestling in the opening of Raw against fucking T-Bar next week? Like, he doesn't want to be involved in this shit. He takes so much pride with what he does. Oh, he doesn't want to come back and regret it, which I mm. fucking respect about him. I, I love that. I would love nothing more than to see him back in here called to personality. CM Punk is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I, mm. I agree, though, and I totally understand that he doesn't want to come back to do that shit. Because honestly, that would bother me, too. I'd be like, at this point, why did they even bother coming back at all? Like, why did they even bother bringing him back if they didn't have any plan for him beyond this one match or whatever? Mm-hmm. And the booking with him 10 years ago wasn't even that great sometimes. Like, they were making dumb booking decisions with him even when he was there. And it's been incredibly worse since then. So I completely agree. 
Um, like you said, anytime he does the media rounds to promote a movie, he's always asked about this shit. I had a chance to speak to punk myself for, for that exact movie about a week or two ago. It was right after WrestleMania. We right. did an interview. I specifically avoided asking him, what would it take to get back into wrestling? Cause literally a- everyone fucking asks it. I hate that question because I can tell you right now in speaking to him, I don't have his phone number. I'm not best friends with him. I can tell you. And I, I, I feel like I'm a good judge of character. He is done with the wrestling shit. He is so detached from it. He doesn't care. I don't want to ask him stuff that I already know the answer to. You know how many people ask him all the time? Oh, what would it take for him to get back? Like the answer hasn't changed. Like a lot of money and a really good storyline, which obviously they're probably not going to pay him that much to come back and do a dumb storyline. So Mm -hmm. it's not even worth asking. So I asked him something I didn't know the answer to that I thought was interesting. I asked do you even watch? It's not even that would you come back? Because I know the answer is probably going to be no. Why waste time on a question that I already know the answer to? So I said, do you even watch? And he said, no, I don't. He said the only person that he keeps in contact with from wrestling on the regular, unless he's lying, but he said it was Renee Young. And he didn't even know that she wasn't there anymore. She left eight months ago. She <laughs> left in the, in the summer. That tells you all you need to know about this guy. Mm-hmm. And I asked him that question, because, and that's not a dumb question, I thought, because he was a part of backstage for a decent amount of time. He was on the backstage show on FS1. That to me was fascinating because I love punk. So to hear him talk about anything wrestling related, specifically current stuff, mm-hmm. I think is amazing. The only reason he watched wrestling was specifically for that show. I don't think he kept in touch with AEW or watched the show. He only right. watched WWE, not because he thought it was good, but because he you know needed to know the players involved with today's product. Because that show was canceled last year, he doesn't watch the show at all. Doesn't surprise me. That should tell you enough. It's not like he's got the itch to come back. I kind of figured that might be the case. He doesn't. You listen to any interview he's done. The one that I did with him, Renee Young interviewed him. That same interview that you're talking about, the Sports Illustrated. He mm-hmm. sounds so far detached from the product. <clears throat> Why would he want to come back? And if it's a money thing and people come back for money all the time, Shawn Michaels, I guarantee you, came back for the money. He didn't come back because he thought this was a creative idea. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. He did it for the fucking money. And Punk... I don't know how much better off financially he is than Shawn Michaels because, you know, Shawn Michaels is a cushy job at NXT. He's already made it explicitly clear he does not need the money. He doesn't want the money. He doesn't care about it. His pride kind of takes priority. Unless the guy's broke, which he's not, he's not going to do it. So I, I completely agree with him. And I don't think that's a biased thing because I'm a fan of his. I just don't think Raw is very good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think having him back would be cool. You can find a storyline for him, but long term, why? Like Steve Austin said that recently too. I know people want to see him come back, but like at the end of the day, what is accomplished? Nothing. I mean, it's a watered down Steve Austin in the ring 20 years after he retired. Nothing is accomplished from getting a big payday. I mean, if that's right. what he cares about and he wants to make the money and that I totally, that's fine. I mean, we all got to mm-hmm. make money somehow. So I get it. But like storyline wise at this point, there's nothing really to be accomplished. And punk is the exact same thing. So um, I, I completely agree. I know that's a long winded answer. But I don't think he's there. I honestly don't think he's coming back for a storyline ever. I do think he'll be back in WWE at some point, like whether it be as a commentator or as honestly, even just into the Hall of Fame. I don't think he will never mm-hmm. see him on WWE TV, TV again. I definitely think he'll be back for maybe an appearance. But for a full on run, I think those days are over. Yeah, Graham, that was like a fucking eight minute answer. <laughs> I know. I just, I'm very passionate about this. So. Um, and I think. Fans have to take some blame in that. You said, like, why ask the question when you know the answer? Because we as fans, yeah, we just can't fathom, like, oh, CM Punk really left us seven seven years ago now, right? 
Yep. And it's like, now. but in the back of our, in the back of our mind, it's like you know what? He'll come back because the company always said, "Hey, you never know what can happen." We've seen yeah. Brock leave for eight years, he, and he came back. The Rock left for seven years. He came back. Some of, some of the biggest names came back to be in the ring, to come back to get a Hall of Fame uh, speech. So it was like, we look at CM Punk as even Kurt Angle came back. Punk is like the last guy. Yeah. That we, that we can say, you know, if he made a comeback, that shit would be so dope. There's no, there's nobody else. We have Shawn Michaels retire, and he came back for, for fucking Saudi Arabia, and that was terrible. <laughs> like who else? Who else is there to, to do it? So the blame was on us for for wanting this to uh, these guys to come back. The company's saying you never know what could happen, and even to to your point five minutes ago was like, who do I say? You know what? I gotta watch Raw and SmackDown for, and I'm like, the biggest stars, you know, are Roman. Do I mm-hmm. watch SmackDown for Roman? Yeah. Um, you know, I love Sasha, so I, I watch it for her. She's another one, yep. I think Charlotte is another one. Yep, that's uh, a good answer. Yeah, I can see that. Even though most would say she takes people's spots, but that's a different topic. That's a, a different, different discussion for a different um, day, yeah. And I'm thinking like, see, Edge, I can say, you see, I've, I've always been a fan of Orton. I know he's not on the, on the highest of list for uh, most people, but for me, I still watch um, Randy Orton. Yep. Other than that, bro, on the Raw side, I guess when everybody was healthy and, and here, like Becky would be one. Yep. Um, obviously, Brock, Ronda. So those those names are are no nowhere to be found now. Yeah. So now it's like, who am I gonna who am I gonna watch on the Raw side? I I, I can't even tell you. Seth Rollins. Like, I mean, I don't. Well, he's on I SmackDown, no, like, man. Exactly. Look at that. So like. The hurt business before they broke up. I would say <laughs> yeah, all right. Other than that, I don't know what's going on. So it's like it, it's tough, and I get the climate, I get the COVID situation, I get there's no fans, but it's like, bro, you gotta give me something to to be invested. And I agree with him saying it's awful TV. It's not. It's not what what I was watching when I was growing up. It's a total three sixty. Um, from from even from, yeah. from from even five years ago. That's what I was going to say. It's never going to be what it was 20 years ago, dude. Like, obviously, if you mm-hmm. compare it to the Attitude Era, it's never going to be that. But you right. can still have good TV without having it be Attitude Era. Like, I've seen good TV from this company that wasn't Attitude Era. This shit ain't it. I enjoy SmackDown most weeks. Raw is really the issue. Mm-hmm. It really is. At least SmackDown has a semblance of, like, you know, I don't think it's an amazing show. I think the last week or two, I think this last week wasn't a great show. At least they're pushing Cesaro. They're trying with Cesaro right now. Roman is killing it. Sasha, anything she's involved in is usually really good. She has great matches. They're pushing Bianca. They made a new star mm-hmm. out of her. Um, Biggie and Cruz, I thought we're having a very good feud. I think it's still going on. So that's a couple things over there. Raw has the key pieces too. Like they're pushing Aria Ripley. I think that's great. They're pushing Bobby Lashley. I think that's awesome. They need to make these people feel more special though. Like I, right. I, I think the problem is that with these people, I have, I don't have any faith at all. Because I, 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 I think that these people are just going to be ruined by bad booking. That's my fear. So it's hard mm-hmm. to care about. Like, I care about these people, obviously. But, like, it's hard to care about them long term because I know once Rhea Ripley drops the belt to Charlotte for the 20th time, I'm not going to I'm going to go back to not caring about her a lot. Like, I don't give a fuck about Oscar at this point. I really just I just don't care. So that's the issue. I just it's not the performers. They have one of the most talented rosters of all time. It's mm-hmm. at the point now where I don't want to see people get called up because I fear for what's going to happen when they do. So that's right. the problem, in my opinion. 
Uh, well, hopefully they change up their act and, and get better writers or whatever. So, well, I, mean, I, mean, I think it comes down to Vince. I mean, honestly, uh, I think that you can have a million writers or two writers and yep. I, we've all heard the horror stories. It doesn't matter really what they say or what they come up with. It's all a matter. Everything goes by Vince, good, bad, or indifferent. Everything goes by Vince. So all the good stuff is because of him. All the bad stuff is because of him. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, unfortunately with him, it's more bad than good. So they need to kind so, of, uh, he needs yeah. to be out of the picture, but I mean, he's not going to until he passes away and I don't want to wish death on anyway. I would never want to say that's the case, but right until triple H takes more of a role. I don't even know if triple H could solve this sinking ship at this point or salvage the sinking ship that is creative, but it's going to take a long time for the show to go back in the right direction. It's going to take a long time for raw to lose the stench that it unfortunately currently has. I found one on raw uh, AJ. I-, I would get up to watch AJ styles. If he was on the show, he's been on since WrestleMania. I think there's a COVID thing. I don't know, but yes, AJ is another one who I feel like at least no matter where they put him, mm-hmm. he always makes everything that he's involved in for the most part, very entertaining. So I agree. Right. So, yeah. Uh, before I move on again, you can follow the podcast on SoundCloud, uh, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, download, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash cruise control podcast. Uh, if you like to buy the shirt, pro wrestling slash cruise control. All right. Uh, Graham, next up, we got Daniel Bryan's contract is ending soon. We are going to do a, a basement show on Daniel Bryan and the yes movement leading up to WrestleMania 30. That'll be done sometime next week. So check out for that. So right now, um, he was in the main event at WrestleMania 37. Recent interview said he kind of felt detached from it like he wasn't really involved uh from why he felt that way i don't know because the original was roman reigns and edge and then he got put involved maybe he didn't want that to happen he just didn't feel the connection with those two guys in the ring i have no idea but now is the question is like does he kind of foresee his future with the company coming to an end coming soon does he see himself with, with the company but doing outside stuff we don't know but any event, his contract does come up and it ends and they don't resign him. Uh, do you think that'll be the end of his in-ring career? And if so, what do you see Daniel Bryan doing going, going, going forward? So I think he said in that interview that he would ideally like to work out a, a, a scenario where he could work with both WWE and wrestle outside of the company. I do not okay. see that happening. Now, we have seen Stranger Things, obviously. I don't see that. I just, I don't, I don't foresee that, especially because it's not great from a business standpoint, whether it be WWE or AEW or whatever. Cause if he goes out and wrestles a show, I don't think it would be honestly, I think if they let him do that, it wouldn't be like ring, obviously not AEW, but like ring of honor or even an impact or whatever. It would have to be a company that doesn't have TV that only does live events or indie shows or house shows or whatever. Um, what if he gets hurt? then WWE can't use him. So I think that's why they don't do, they don't allow their wrestlers to wrestle elsewhere. The whole independent contractor stuff is obviously complete bullshit, Mm. but like, that's why they don't let their performers compete elsewhere. Usually. I mean, if it's a case like Kyrie saying, for example, I think they blocked her from wrestling at a recent stardom show. She's, she's not even with WWE in the States anymore. So to block her from doing that is just fucking dumb. But mm-hmm. like with a guy like Brian, who is one of your top stars, why would you let him wrestle somewhere else if he, there's a chance he gets hurt? And he goes hard, too, in his matches. 
So it's not a right. great business decision. I don't see a situation where that works out. Maybe, who knows? I don't see that happening. Does he stay or does he go? I think he stays. Um, he still loves wrestling. Again, I talked to him about a month ago too. And mm-hmm. I asked him about kind of about retirement and stuff like that. Even when he goes part-time, he doesn't want to be on the show every single week anymore because he wants to be home and be a dad. Um, his kids are getting older, being on the road. And again, even being at the Thunderdome right now, he's still gone for like four days at a, at a time. Because SmackDown's right. on a Friday. He's got to fly out on Thursday, be there on Friday, fly out on Sunday, or fly out on Saturday. And he's back on Sunday, and he's only there for, again, Sunday through Wednesday. It's not a lot of time. I mean, if you, you want to be with your kids. So, um He's earned more than earned the right, obviously, to be a part-time guy. I think he'd be perfect in that role. I don't think that he's done by any stretch. He'll continue to wrestle forever. It just has to be on his time. You know what I mean? It has to be on his on his own schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, would WWE, you know, uh, allow him to do that? Wrestle on a part-time schedule? Absolutely. Like years ago, so much has changed. Where like years ago, I think Kurt Angle wanted to come back but be a part-timer, and they said no. Like, why the fuck you would even allow Kurt Angle, even in 2014, to come back and do all the regular shows would be incredibly stupid. Like, they, the, the part-time thing has really been just, um, it, it's a new avenue, really, for wrestlers to go down if they're a big enough star and they can do it. Like, they wouldn't make Kevin Owens a part-timer, I don't think, because he's, he's not as big of a star as Daniel Bryan. But Daniel Bryan, I could see them making an exception for him. Mm-hmm. Um would he leave it? There's a chance. There's definitely a chance. Cause again, in talking to him, he expressed interest in wrestling with guys from ring of honor, from AEW, from new Japan, from impact, from all these various promotions. Um, I think that would be awesome to see Brian kind of go on this farewell tour and wrestle in a variety of places. I don't think that's going to happen. I think at the end of the day, he just wants to wrestle. He's not like pro indies or pro WWE. He just wants to wrestle. So if WWE offers him a sweet enough deal, and at the end of the day, he's got to think about like money and his family and he has kids and a wife and shit. If they offer him a sweet enough deal to stay and work on his own time, then I think he'll, I think he'll accept. I don't think it's a Moxley situation where it's like, Oh man, the creative so fucking bad. I got to get out of here. I mean, honestly, far and away, Brian has been handled very, very well. Multiple world title reigns. He just wrestled in the main event of WrestleMania. He may mm-hmm. not have loved his performance, um, and maybe that's why he would want to leave. I think it might have just been a one-time thing. So, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, he stays, but there's also a chance he could leave as well. I don't know if there's uh, uh, like a stat out there for this, but like he might be the only – again, I could be wrong. He might be the only guy – that was in multiple WrestleMania main events that included a triple threat match. I have no other person I could think of that was in a triple threat match more than one time in the main event of WrestleMania, and Daniel Bryan might be the only guy. Um, yeah. Um, Triple H was in another triple threat a couple years later with Orton and Cena after WrestleMania 20, but it wasn't the main event. Right. Um, I mean, how many? Yeah, that was um, actually that was gone? that was twenty four. Yeah, that was I was, I was in the middle. Though. I was in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Batista, I don't think has ever been in another triple threat at Mania after being in thirty. Orton again, he was in that same triple threat with with Triple H and and Cena, and he won, but that wasn't the right. main event. Um, Edge has been in multiple main events at WrestleMania, or multiple triple threats, but that one at twenty five with Big Show and Cena wasn't the main event. So yeah, it probably is. I don't know. Obviously, Benoit wasn't. So uh yeah, and those are the only ones. And you mm-hmm. know, Charlotte, Becky, and Rhonda haven't. So that that's he's probably the only one, yeah. 
Does does uh does Daniel Bryan need one more run as world champion before it's all said and done? Or do you think that you know many could say, well, he's accomplished a lot. Maybe he does not need the title. But if your contract is ending soon, and of course this might come up, but do you feel like he needs one more one more reign to kind of like solidify his resume of a career? If he retired tomorrow, I wouldn't say, man, it's a bummer. We didn't get that Daniel Bryan title reign. Just because he's he's a multi-time champion. But not only that, when he retired the first time, I think people were disappointed that we didn't get a full-on Bryan reign as world champion. Because by that mm-hmm. point in 2016, when he retired, he had been champion maybe four times. And none of those reigns were particularly lengthy. I think the longest one was when he won the World Heavyweight Championship for the first time. Then he went into WrestleMania, did the yes chant, and lost in 18 seconds. Um, you know, he was champion for a few months there. That was probably his best run. Because after that, we'll talk about it in the Daniel Bryan basement show that we do. But he won it at SummerSlam, held it for five minutes. He won it at Night of Champions, held it for a day. He won right. it at WrestleMania and obviously only held it for a month before he had to retire. Or no, he didn't retire, but he got hurt at that point. He retired about a year or two later. So he never really had a memorably long run. He got that run when he came back in 2018, when he was a heel. It wasn't as a babyface. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if a Brian Long babyface title run would have been all that great anyway. We almost got it in 2014, again, when he won at WrestleMania 30. But it wasn't going to be that long. It was going to be like a Benoit-like run where he was only holding it to transition it onto someone else. And in that case, it would have been Brock Lesnar. So... I think even he would tell you that I think he would have, or he did have a better run as a heel when he was world champion in 2018, 2019, than he would have if he was a baby face. Like mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels, for example, I look at Brian as being like this, another Shawn Michaels, a modern day Shawn, in that he retired, came back, had this whole other career for himself. Shawn was around for eight years. Brian, uh, Brian's only been back for three. Um, mm-hmm. But Shawn, other than when he won the world title for a month at Survivor Series 02, never again held a world championship in WWE. Yeah, and I just it. don't, yeah, that was it. And I don't think we ever got like a long, we did. We got a baby face run from him in 90, 96, which was great. But other than that, I mean, it's very rare that you get a long baby face title run. And it's interesting. Brian's mm. heel run in 2018, when he was working with AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston and people like that was fucking awesome. So I don't really, I think that was the run that we all really wanted from him. So we kind of got it then. We don't really need another one. Like, I don't think he needs to be the one to beat Roman Reigns. I don't. Like, I wasn't disappointed that he lost to WrestleMania. It would have been cool if he won, but I wasn't bummed that he lost. So if he retires in this year or leaves WWE or whatever, I'm not disappointed with the fact that he didn't get another title rank. Because by that point, he would have been a six-time champion. And we we already kind of got the the de facto, memorable, lasting legacy title rank from Brian three years ago. Hmm. Uh, next up, I got... um. So before you got on, you know, me doing research and I came across this interview that uh, Goldberg was on, I think on the bump might have been earlier today. And the convo of like him and Big E brought, got brought up because Big Goldberg is Biggie's favorite wrestler of all time. And I yes. guess Big E met Goldberg a long time ago when he was a kid and it got brought up saying, hey, you know, cause Goldberg is 50 plus years old. And how many matches he has he has left? I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was it was brought up saying that hey Goldberg and the Big E match in the future, it sounds good on paper. I know most fans today don't want to see Goldberg ever again, 
uh, someone like me who's, who saw the rise of Goldberg all those years ago say, you know what? I don't care. I'll see him one more time. But does, but would a Goldberg Big E appeal to you nowadays? And, and if not, why not? Um, maybe it depends on the story, really. Like very few matches, I think nowadays just sell me in the match alone. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, like I think an Omega and a Styles match, regardless of what the story is. I mean, first of all, they have a built-in story, but I think the match itself would be amazing. Right. I'm not looking forward to Goldberg and Biggie as as a match. Like I don't think that would be an incredible match. Like the story would have to make sense. You can play off of Biggie being a Goldberg fan. You got him into wrestling. Goldberg's at a weird stage now in WWE where he's been back now for five years. They've done a lot of matches with him. Some we weren't expecting, some better than others. He's at a stage now where I don't want to see him. Like He would have to lose to Big E, but Goldberg has already lost in the last couple of appearances to Braun Strowman, and he lost to Drew at the Rumble earlier this year. Do you bring him back for a third time and lose? You know, I know we don't like the part-timers and like, oh, they win all the time. You, you got to at least protect them somewhat. Like they got to win sometimes. Like when he mm-hmm. beat Dolph, chef's kiss, that was beautiful. Like that was perfect. Because Dolph can endure the loss. It was, it was fine. It was great. You give Goldberg mm-hmm. a win. It was perfect. Right. He can't be out there beating the fucking fiend like he did a year ago. That's still one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Um, he lost the brawn as he should have. He lost to Drew as he should have. That's the, the double-edged sword with him working with the younger guys is that if he does, he's he has to lose at some point. Like he has to mm-hmm. win. So does he beat Big E, and Big E looks good in defeat. And if so, what's really accomplished from that? So, no, it's not a match. I'm like, oh, I absolutely need to see. I would rather see Big E and Roman Reigns because I think Big E would gain more in defeat from losing to Roman than he would Goldberg. And I know Goldberg's a bigger star and whatever, but it's it just at least Roman's an active guy. Goldberg mm-hmm. isn't an active guy. So Goldberg beating Big E accomplishes nothing for anybody. Goldberg coming back and facing, you know, beating a John Cena, for example, I think would be fine. Because Cena's a part-timer too, so it really doesn't matter who wins. But with Goldberg and Big E, Big E kind of has to win. And it depends on the timing of it. If you're talking about like a year or two from now and Goldberg has had his matches and he's won all of his matches and that's fine, then he's due for a loss, then okay, cool. But if we're talking about like at SummerSlam, then no. Because like Goldberg's coming off two losses. He kind of needs to win the next one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he should be beating Big E. So it is a match that's interesting to me. B- Goldberg doesn't have a lot of matches left that are like, oh man, I need to see this. Like him and Orton, I think would be cool. We never really got to see that. We saw it on Raw once, maybe like 20 years ago with the Legend Killer thing. That could be interesting. But, you know, Goldberg could win and that would be fine with it because Orton's not, you know, a young up and coming guy. He can endure the loss. It's fine. He's basically bulletproof at this point. Big right. E, not so much. So he would kind of have to win that one. So yeah, I, I would, I, you know, at, at some point, maybe the match would be interesting right now. I don't think it's the the best time for it. The last point I do want to bring up. Uh, so I seen triple H was on GP with my guy, stat guy, Greg and, and Rosenberg. And they were talking about this NXT stuff and you know, how it, it, it it's no longer a war or was never a war. This imaginary war. Yeah. I saw and, that. and they got it. And they got it to a point where, you know, if if Triple H was to have one final match with someone who's currently on the roster, but no one who he's ever been in the ring with. So there's mm-hmm. no Orton, there's no Roman Reigns, no Seth, no Kevin Owens. Um, who do you think, who is the guy that you feel like if this was going to cap off Hunter's career, 
which obviously, if, if you want to cap off his career, you bring Taker or The Rock or Shawn Michaels, but we're not doing that. If he has one final match with someone who's on the roster that he's never been in, in the ring with, give me like three people you feel like, you know what? I can I can watch Hunter against any of these guys as a final match for his career. Uh, well, two matches. There's not a lot of matches left to me that I need to see Triple H in. I think he kind of got away with being at WrestleMania. Like I've always said, WrestleMania does not need a Triple H match. They proved that last year and they proved that this year. Last year, they didn't have fans, so it was fine. But it's not even like before we lost the fans due to the pandemic that they were building to a Triple H match anyway. So it didn't even matter. It didn't look like he was going to be part of Mania regardless. This year, they knew they would have fans, and they still didn't put him in a match, or he didn't put himself in a match or whatever. Mm. He has said in interviews and conference calls that it takes him a long time to kind of get ready and get in ring shape and train, but he's so busy nowadays that he just doesn't have the time for it. And again, Mm -hmm. it goes back to what we were saying about the punk thing. For what? Like, what's accomplished by doing this? He got away with being at Mania for so many years in recent years, because all of the matches that he's had at mania, not all of them have been great, but they all made sense. Like the Rollins match made sense. Cause they did the authority thing. That was the perfect match to do him mm-hmm. and Roman was not a good match, but it made sense because they had been feuding on and off for years. They had been teasing that as far back as fucking 2013, 2014. Well, so them uh, doing Sting. that. Match- what about sting? Sting was unnecessary. Sting <laughs> was the only one in recent years that he did not need to do because that obviously should have been Taker and Sting instead. Triple H could have sat that mania out and it would have been totally fine. I think that mania, him and Rollins would have been nice, but it was too soon for that. So yeah, no, Triple H did not need to be that mania, but the Rollins match made sense. The Batista match made sense. They had been building that mm. up for years. Batista wanted that match. So it wasn't a great match, but it made sense. Right. The Ronda Rousey debut made sense. They teased that as far back as WrestleMania 31. There has been no match in the last two or three years that has made sense for him to come back for. So I'm glad they're not forcing it by like, oh, got to get Triple H in the card. Let's put him up against fucking X, Y, or Z. Like, no. <laughs> they're, they're, I think that's great. And he's busy anyway, so it doesn't matter. If he had to have a final match, you mentioned Kevin Owens. I don't think he's ever had a match with Kevin Owens. So I think that'd be interesting. No? That's one of the two names. No, he, he faced Rollins... I don't think him and they've interacted on TV. Like I know Owens and Triple H kind of worked together when Owens won the Universal Championship five years ago, mm-hmm. but I don't think that was ever a match. And that was always a match I thought would be interesting, right? Because there was that one episode of SmackDown. He was feuding with Shane for the longest time. He beat up Vince. He headbutted Vince on an episode of SmackDown years ago. Kevin Owens did, and it, they kind of like squandered that. Mm-hmm. Um, he feuded with Shane for like a fucking year. So him and Triple H, if Owens is like a heel. I, maybe, maybe if you turn him heel, because at this point, Triple H people like love the guys. So I don't know if he could ever really turn heel again. Um, that would be interesting. But I think moreover, this doesn't really have a story. I mean, I guess two other matches aside from Owens. Finn Balor's another one. There's a story there because he brought him into the company. He always does it too sweet, blah, blah, blah. You can kind of construct a story there. And the third one being AJ Styles. AJ desperately wants that match. And I think AJ of the three of them could get the best match out of Triple H. What the story is, I have no idea. You kind of have to make up a story for that because I don't really know what that would be. Maybe you can say Triple H brought him into the company. Now he wants to take him out if he's a heel. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I think AJ would be the perfect retirement match for him. I mean, you look at the fucking Undertaker. The Undertaker had his last match ever, not against John Cena, not against Triple H, not against Shawn Michaels even, but rather against AJ Styles. And it was an, Mm. an incredible match, even though it was cinematic. 
If AJ could do that, even in cinematic style, I think he could have a very good degree match with Triple H. So I would say AJ Styles, even though there's not much of a story there, but I think if there's one, any one final match with someone that he's never faced before, that would be it. I like that. I like AJ. I like Finn. KO. I, I, I thought he had a match with, with KO, but KO could 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 go. Um, just to play advocate, who else could be out there? Like <laughs> Hunter and not Hunter and Nakamura. Hunter and uh, nah. yeah, I know. <laughs> it's because of, it's because of how these people have been booked. Where just I just don't care. Like Finn's been rehabbed. If you said Finn maybe two years ago, I wouldn't have said. I would have been like, who cares? But like now, if it's this Finn Balor that we're seeing currently in NXT, then absolutely. Um, did no, Adam Hunter Cole ever, would did, be interesting. Yeah, Adam Cole. Did Hunter ever go one on one with uh, with Lashley or no? Uh, no, that would be uh, interesting. I don't know how good the match would be, but like back in mm. the day, no, I don't think they ever had a match. Lashley, I know, faced Cena at one point. I don't think he ever faced uh, right Triple H. Eh, maybe if tri- again, if Lashley wins and kills the guy in his last match, but other than that, no, but you know what? So. I, I, I think you're right with, with Hunter. Maybe McIntyre, he's another one. But Hunter needs like those Finn Balor's, those Daniel yeah, Bryan's, so those yeah. AJ kind of. To, again, Hunter's not gonna be going back and forth for like he's thirty years old. And he needs somebody who's gonna take the bumps and and stuff like that. So I think AJ might be. If you tell me, hey Hunter, you got one more match, you got to pick one. I'm going with, with fucking AJ Styles. So that's it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think AJ Styles <laughs> would be the perfect person for that spot. Um. Anything on AEW NXT f- from this week that we're missing that I should bring up? Uh, not really. I thought they were good shows. Honestly, I thought both shows were really good, but there's nothing like no major talking points. I don't think the. Mm. And obviously, we don't know the ratings for this week. Yet, uh, right? NXT did like late eight hundred or like high eight hundred thousands, which is good. It was actually up from the week prior, which was the big debut on Tuesdays, which is good. So that's oh, nice. great. I think both shows are much better off unopposed. Mm-hmm. Dynamite did 1.2 million last week, which was incredible. Will they do that high of a number this week? We'll find out from when this is being recorded in an hour. Um, I hope they do. I hope they can consistently get over a million every week. Am I? Do I think they will? Mm-hmm. Realistically, no, because that's showing Mike Tyson on it. But right. um, other than that, I I don't know. We'll see. I really hope I'm wrong and they can, because I think that'd be awesome for wrestling. If so, I hear that. So um, I think that's it for this week. Uh, covered. Punk, Brian, Hunter, possible Goldberg, Biggie matches. I know you're looking forward to happening at some point, uh, some point in time. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And um, all right, man. So um, again, you can follow Graham on Twitter at Wrestle Rant. Uh, you can follow me at Randy J Cruz, R E N D Y, the letter J C R U Z. Find the podcast on youtube.com slash cruise control podcast. Also on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple. And if you like the shirt that I have on, you can find it at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cruise Control. Grand Matthews, my man, always appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. I'll catch you next time. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, you too. All right.